Hello, uh, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. Um, I got another really cool, awesome, exciting guest. Um, I guess this is like a theme, because we I think we've met in person. Like, we maybe we've been on a few shows together. Yeah, very briefly. Yeah, like maybe, but we've never had like an actual conversation. Um, so this will be the first time. Um, we've got some mutual friends, which is... Uh, obviously, because we're both in wrestling, so we kind of kind of connected that way. Um, but I'm super excited to have uh, Willow Nightingale on the show today. Hello, everybody, and Jackson. <laughs> yes, hello. Um, <clears throat> so I try not to just say this question like uh, out the top because it's it's so um, normal, uh, and it's like a question that we usually use just to say hello. Um, on this podcast, I'm really trying to um, to make this this question like um, a bit more meaningful, um, and for people to kind of answer it uh, more openly and honestly. Um, and so, hopefully, you do that now if if you want. Um, but I'm asking you, how are you doing? Like for real, for real. Um. So today's Thursday when we're recording, um, but I have like a case of the Sunday scaries because I go back to my job tomorrow and I'm like oh my god work which like isn't really that bad um you know you just get those blues and you're like I'd much rather stay home in my pajamas and not do anything uh otherwise pretty good you know yeah is that is that always been something that you've uh that you've battled as a as a pro wrestler because like we have such a sweet job on the weekends for the most part when shows are running regularly right this Past year was kind of wonky and, and things didn't go as planned. But, and then it, and Monday through Thursday, we're just like, you know, do, do you feel like you're like out of place or like, what's your, what's, what's that vibe like for you? So I think, I think the worst part is like getting home from a long trip and then being like, oh, that was awesome. That was cool. That's like the high of my life. And uh, yeah, now I just go back to being a regular human being where people don't just applaud everything that I do um like especially so I'm a piercer and when I was you know the first couple of years when you're apprenticing within that industry like you pretty much do all the grunt work at the shop so I would like sweep mop set up for everyone break down for everyone like clean the toilets like I would be cleaning toilets and being like man, this is so different than like having a great match and everyone being like, yeah, girl, Willow. It's just like very back to reality. <laughs> yeah. Like no one's, uh, no one's giving you a standing ovation after cleaning the toilet or what? Yeah. I'd, I'd hope you'd think somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I mean, I give myself a, a pat on the back after I clean my toilet in my house, but you know. Yeah. You're like your own little self, like, pep talk like okay cool we're gonna do this we did it like sometimes that's how you have to get through like the annoying tasks and menial tasks in your day-to-day -day life is just kind of be like all right I finally got past it go me so yeah I, I feel like we should celebrate all the little accomplishments like crazy I mean I try like sometimes it's hard just because those little things are like okay I do this all the time it's whatever but uh for that same reason is why you would want to kind of celebrate it. Cause yeah. you know, I, I recently watched soul, the mo like the Pixar movie 
and not not like spoil it for anyone or anything but the root of the movie is kind of like life is all around us all the time like this is it it's happening and that's like that's why we're here we're celebrating life because we're here and that's cool experience every second of it so even like the cruddy parts it's like I mean I guess this is it this is the experience I'm here and this is a part of it so that's beautiful in its own way yeah, I uh, I totally agree. I haven't seen that movie yet, but my roommate keeps telling me I should watch it. Highly um, recommend. I want to. I want to. I usually watch at least one movie a night that makes me cry, so I, I'll put that on my <laughs> list. Good. <laughs> um, but cool. Um, so you're uh, you said you're a piercer during the day and a super badass pro wrestler at night or during the weekends. Yeah. Um where I so look when I first started wrestling I was working at a movie theater and they had I'd been working there like through my training when I first started doing shows and then when I started getting more bookings I was like well I kind of need more weekends off and like working for a movie theater that's not ideal because that's when people come to see shows um so they were like yeah if you do that like you can't keep working here uh so I was like, I guess I have to find another job. And a local tattoo shop was hiring and they just needed like front desk help. And I was like, yeah, this seems super cool. So took that job and eventually they taught me how to pierce along with doing all the grunt work and stuff. <laughs> and it's all right. You like it? You don't mind it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really enjoy the part when people are pierced and they're excited about it. And like, I get to like kind of brighten up their day. Mm -hmm. Like the, the moment in time is so small for them. Like they walk in, they're super anxious. They're super nervous. They're about to get poked. Usually if it's like a teenage girl or whatever, who's like coming in with her mom or like a gaggle of her friends, like she's never been in a tattoo shop. Um, you know, and, and it, it can be a really scary experience. So I kind of enjoy the part where I'm like, hi, I'm a smiling face. I get that it's scary. I'm going to talk you through everything. It'll be okay. And then it sucks for a little bit. And then they're super happy. And they're like, oh my God, look how pretty this is. And that's, that's the best part of the job. Um, but like, sometimes people are a little more than anxious and they're like, especially if they have people with them, they can be very dramatic about it. And they'll like try to put on a show for their friends. And it's like, okay, I have a needle right by your face. And if you're like flailing around, it could be really bad for both of us. So calm down. <laughs> Leave the dramatics to the side. This isn't the place. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cool job. <laughs> I mean, on one end, that sounds like really meaningful. Like, I think, I mean, to relate to what you said, like, um, like, I don't know if people totally grasp, like, the little kind gestures, how much they mean to people down the line. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I think I do. Like, I, I. I see other people not like rec recognize that or registered when people are like that. Um, and I definitely didn't, but, uh, I think a lot of like 
the positive rapport that I build with customers is really one of my strengths as a piercer. And you could say in wrestling too. Um, and it's, it's always those like little things that people remember and will walk away with. So. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And have you, have you learned any, like, uh, I don't want to say tactics. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to go with it for <laughs> now. Uh, for people who feel like really anxious or really nervous about it, have you found like what kind of language works best to like get people to like take a breath? And because, you know, whenever we're feeling like we're mad and someone says calm down, it's like, okay, man. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely you know? don't want to be like that. I think um, I don't want to say like I've found myself in like a script, but there definitely is like a tactic, like you said, where it's kind of like, I find that like one telling, telling like the customer exactly what's happening helps, helps them like understand, like, I promise I'm not going to like pierce you that that moment's not going to come until I tell you, I'm not just going to surprise you and be like, ah, um, <laughs> because that's like, that's horrifying. Um, and another thing that really helps is just kind of letting them know that being nervous and uncomfortable isn't unusual like that's I'd say 95% of the people who walk through the door have some kind of nerves that they express you know and then there are people who walk in and they are stone-faced and pretend it doesn't phase them and I know it does but that's fine like however you want to deal with the situation is fine um but I think there's a lot of comfort in knowing like it's okay everyone walks in here nervous and it's my goal to try and make sure that you have a positive experience so I'm gonna try to do that and most of the time it works, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I can't say it works every time, but most of the time it works. <laughs> yes. It's like straightforward, honest language, you know, coming from, coming from an experienced person, you know, I think that makes sense. Of course, it's not going to work every percent all the time. Right. You know, um, but you know, for the most part, being honest and straightforward and having some sort of compassion in your tone, uh, is going to work, especially when dealing with something like it could be dangerous. Like getting a yeah. piercing or getting a tattoo, which I don't have any of, of, but I thought about at one point getting my nose pierced, like the Batista uh -huh. one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, I don't know. I don't want, I don't know if I want to draw any more attention to my nose. And then I just, you know, I went away from it. You've got a great nose. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, you're a unicorn. I like nowadays everyone has tattoos or like at least one. Yeah. Um, so that's like my co my coworker and I call people like when they walk in like oh you're a unicorn if you don't have any <laughs> really yeah that's cool because I because mean, sometimes I feel like I'm the odd one out without any uh, tattoos or piercings you know oh, no. so what <laughs> that's your own style and my oh you froze I hear you oh we're back but I mean I still heard cool. you it's fine. We're good. Okay. I was like, I'm we might have some technical saying, difficulties, oh, no. but I did because I saw you like this. You're like in an action shot. <laughs> so, yeah. Very uh, like talk with my hands a lot. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, but I'll, I'll never get a tattoo. That's for, you know, for some personal reasons. But um, I always thought about getting a piercing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get adventurous one day. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like it, you can always take it out. Right. I think that's cool. Um, but yeah, so I want to know more about you and how you became this like very bold, confident, 
uh, person. I don't know if you're like, feel like you're a confident person. Um, but, uh, I think that's the way you, you portray yourself and you always seem to, um, from what I see on social media and from what I've heard from other people, um, you always seem to just move and be an authentic human being. Um, and I think that's at some points in today's society, possibly in, in professional wrestling, that can be rare. Um, and so from outsider's view, it's really cool to see. Um, and so I just kind of want to know, like, your story, like how you grew up. What was your family like? Like why, how you became this, this human being? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you. Cause that sounds like you said lovely things about me and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I guess I've like in some aspects, I've always been this way in some aspects, like I've grown a lot through becoming a wrestler. Um, but I grew up with two sisters an older brother. So always like a busy house, always a lot of people to talk to. Um, everyone's like really supportive and encouraging. We're all very close. Like now is the first time in my life I've lived away from my family and I miss it so much. I'm like, Oh my God, the people that are like my number one support are not right here immediately next to me. Um, but yeah, my family's really cool. We're all really close in like school. I was super academic. I was like, very into getting good grades and like being a part of every club and like I did sports um which fared well for me eventually becoming a wrestler um so that I feel like has kind of always been like something that helps in wrestling is like I've been super ambitious I I'm not someone who I would say is like a people person, which is weird because a lot of people perceive me to be like outgoing. Mm. Um, but I can be pretty reserved and quiet. Um, but I think the friendliness like gets taken as like outgoing and a people person. Um, and through all of that, like teenage years, uh, just being a girl growing up in general, I feel like there are a lot of self-confidence issues uh, that, I mean, all teenagers face, not just girls. Uh, <laughs> but me personally, uh, I just, I, I didn't feel like I fit in. I had like a really good group of close friends, um, but I still, I don't know, like I, I was always like bigger, um, which like I didn't know how to feel about, you know, like. I feel like more than being bullied, I self-bullied. Like, I'd be like, you're so fat, you're so this, like, you've got acne, or, you know, all that self-hate speech. Um, which, like, as a human being, I still struggle with, um, but definitely have come a long way in managing. Um, and, like, me, Danielle, the person who portrays Willow Nightingale, has grown a lot from taking on that role right like I don't think Willow is necessarily someone different than who I am I just think it was like that's who I envisioned like I could be and aspire to be and Stephen Toots has helped me like find confidence and uh as far as the authenticity part I like 
I also am like a pretty anxious person pretending mm-hmm. to be someone that I'm not just seems really like hard. <laughs> like, why would I want to try and be someone else? Uh, <laughs> so I guess that's how I eventually kind of like came to be that person. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy Willow exists. <sighs> Me too. Um, I'm happy that you exist as well. So I'm gonna take you, I'm gonna go back a little bit to what you said um, and talk about uh, some of your academics. Was, was, uh, was your academics something that your, your family or your parents made a priority or is that something with like within you that you thought was something valuable for you in your life? Or, or what was the general consensus about that growing up? Um, so like from the time I started like formal education, uh, which is like, I guess when you start kindergarten, cause I did preschool before that, which I guess a lot of people do. Um, <laughs> but when I started <laughs> kindergarten, I, I was like super just into learning everything. Like I was just fascinated by it all. Um, my my best friend in kindergarten was also like pretty pretty nerdy and we were seated at like different tables because you know how when you're like in elementary school everyone's like in different zones or whatever and I guess she was reading a book over there and I was reading a book at my table and we didn't discuss this or anything but at different points in the day we both went to the teacher and we were like Mrs. Roblin I can't read because everyone at my table is being too loud. So she put us together at our own like separate table to be like the nerdy kids reading when everyone else is like playing with building blocks or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, I just always like, I think education is fascinating, like finding new things, learning new things. Um, And it just kind of like stayed with me. Like, I didn't hate school. I hated waking up early. Um, I hated doing homework, but like sitting in class and just paying attention was super easy, super interesting. I loved doing like kind of like engaging in conversation with class. Um, yeah, it was, it was more so just like the work out of it, like the, the homework and stuff that I was like, oh, school's over though. Like enough of this. <laughs> and has that kind of a... Um that quest for, or that quencher quest, I don't know the right word, anyways, um, for learning continued in like your adult life? Is there, is there something you're, you're always trying to learn now or try to dive deeper into as an adult or? Yes and no. Um, like, I think I, I make jokes, which I'm trying to do less of, where I, I always say like, I was a really smart kid until I started wrestling. And then like, everything just got boom bammed out of my head I'm like no that's not true like if I just applied myself and tried to learn more like I'd still be super whatever um but like I find a lot of interest in like documentaries and stuff and like just kind of trying to have a better understanding of the world around us um which I think is just like kind of part of the human experience is to like get some kind of understanding of the world around you right um But yeah, if if people are like telling me like weird, fun facts and like trivia, like I eat that up. I love that. (laughs) I mean, nowadays it's like there's always so much happening in the news, right? Like it seems like every day there's something super intense happening. Um, Yeah. 
And I think it's like, it's really important, obviously, to stay informed because you have to know what's happening in the world. So you can make conscious decisions to do the right thing and understand the people around you and all that. But it can also get super overwhelming. So there has to be like a balance, right? Of like consuming so much that it takes you away from what's actually the important part of having a, of consuming information. It's which and like an important decision about your life. So, I mean, for me personally, over the last year, six months, however long, um, that's been like an important balance for me. Um, because I do take pride in like the things that I post on my social media and I want them to be informed and, uh, and, and intelligent and have like a, a real honest, authentic take. Um, but I don't want to be consumed by it because I still want to play and live and, and laugh, you know? Um, so that's kind of my take on, on kind of what you said. Uh, that's just what I thought of about when you were talking. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll even do like the thing where I'm like, oh, I have a question. Let me see if I can find the answer and find out more about this topic. And then like, I'll get a notification on Twitter and then I'll get lost in like the loop of like social media, just pulling me in. And then I'm like, who said what? I'm like, I'm not doing the thing that I set out to do. Like my intentions were good. And now I've just like lost an hour of my time scrolling social media. Um, so I have to set limits on my phone to try and have that, um, which, you know, some days is better than others. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, the, pho the phone is, um, is really good and really bad all at the same time. You know, um, we wouldn't have connected the way we connected right now without the use of Twitter DMs or friends or social media. Right. And, but just like, just like anything that can possibly be bad, we have to do it in moderation. So, and I think that's, that's an important, uh, you know, take on that. It's all about finding balance. For sure. Um, okay. So you're in academics when you were growing up and you also said you're in sports. Um, yeah. what kind of, what kind of sports do you play? Um, do you still watch sports now? Like what's your flavor? So I have always been a person who is way more interested in like doing and playing sports than watching them. Mm -hmm. Um, I played softball for a little bit. I played soccer for like a season in seventh grade. I was not good at soccer. Um, I played tennis. I did like once I got to high school those were like my established sports that I did every year it was like I started with tennis and then I would do like shot put I was a thrower because I, I hate running I hate cardio I was like I'll lift weights all day like you want me to throw things cool I have to run how many miles mm -mm, no um <laughs> which is like something I've had to overcome and like work through anyway for wrestling um but yeah I threw in in high school and a lot of like especially track like the kind of like training and like drills and warm-ups that we did for that like transfer really well to wrestling and like helped with the foundation when I first started um so thank goodness for that <laughs> yeah shock put is easily translated to a a sweet gut wrench power bomb for sure yeah right why didn't i start doing that sooner <laughs> that's a sweet move i saw that i saw the one you gave to alley cat on that five forever show i think it was her right yeah yeah it was yeah. sweet yeah it was Thank sweet you. i appreciate that was that a cool show did that go off well that was a really awesome show um 
because of everything going on in the world right now, COVID, like it wasn't like the kind of thing where, oh, I'm just going to hang out for 24 hours at this show or even like really past your block. Um, so I had only like really only been able to be around for like the couple hours before I wrestled. And then pretty much once I wrestled, I packed up and left. Um, but just like the energy there for that time was really cool. Um, and it was kind of just like, you know how in a locker room, it's like a lot of chaotic energy of everyone just kind of like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, which was of course still happening. Um, but we didn't have fans like in the capacity that we usually do, which is another part of pandemic wrestling. Um, but when I went out, I did notice that there were like some people in the balcony, which really helped a lot with like getting energy to give out in your match. Um, and just to know like that it was like a historical thing happening. It like felt really cool. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. I watched some of it. Um, uh, and it just seemed, it's like, what a wild concept to put on a show 24 hours in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, unbelievable, super cool. Like a lot of unique shows, a lot of unique sweet wrestlers. Like the whole idea of it just really got me excited. So I don't know if they're ever going to do it again. They probably should, especially if they do it in another year where there can be like hell of people there. Oh yeah, where it's just like they have tents and people are like sleeping over random places. That would be funny. Yeah. Like a, cool. like a festival kind of thing. That's what I'm talking about. 24-hour festival, you can come in, like, blocks. You know, you can buy a pass of the whole 24 hours or specific shows or whatever. That'd be sweet. That would be pretty sweet. <clears throat> um, so you, okay, so you did tennis and shot put in high school. Yes. Okay, so I want to talk about tennis for a second because, like, I never played tennis, but I think, it's like, my, I think it's like my favorite sport. <laughs> oh, okay. Explain that. I don't know why. Like, I never played tennis. I, I basically, I played baseball, basketball, and football. And then I dropped basketball and football once I got good at baseball. And then baseball was it. Like, I just played that every single day for forever. Um, <laughs> but then when I graduated college, like, my mom started heavily watching tennis. Like, she's a big sports fanatic, my mom. And so she watches it all. But she got super into tennis when, like, the other sports were not happening and she was like got into tennis she got into serena williams like super heavy and she was like this is the greatest person ever i was like yeah she's a fucking rock star and then i started watching tennis and i was like this is such a sweet sport like i just i was like it's like underappreciated how athletic like really good tennis players are like a normal match goes like two to three hours you're by yourself on the court basically sprinting the whole time at super small distance hitting a ball like over 100 miles an hour with your left and your right side. And I'm like, this is an incredible sport. I'm super invested. Yeah, you need a lot of, like, agility to be good at it. Um, I, so, for that, like, my high school in particular, there was, like, three singles players, and then everyone else pretty much played doubles, which is, like, when you have your tag team partner. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, like, the, the girls who played singles were people who had played tennis basically their whole lives. Like they had been like going to trainers or whatever when they were kids and like learning how to play. And they were like really good at it. And like, 
I would see them play and be like, I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of signing up for this sport and trying it out. Like, I just, you know, I just want something to do. <laughs> and uh, I, like, for someone who never played tennis before, I was pretty good. Not to toot my own horn. No, toot um, it. Toot that horn. Yeah. Burp, burp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... I, uh, I, d- I did pretty good. I had my friend actually from the story about us in kindergarten being little girls reading in the corner by ourselves. She was my best friend through like all the inter- elementary school and high school. And she was my partner uh, for tennis. And yeah, it was just like a lot of like suicide runs, uh, which is like I said the word and then I was like, it's kind of weird that we use that word to like be a drill. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that, a lot, like just a lot of like short burst uh, activities. Like, yeah, it's cool. And, and, and like, again, I'm not really someone who enjoys watching sports as much. Like wrestling is pretty much my only exception to that. Um but it's a lot of fun to play. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I, a uh, couple things. I am, um, I'm coaching, I coach at like a, like a baseball facility and I have like a little 13 year old team mm-hmm. and I'm, tr- I'm trying to eliminate the, the usage of saying suicides for just sprinting back and forth. And, um, just cause that's a heavy, I think it's just a heavy, it's a heavy word for something that's just running back and forth. Um, and it's specifically important to me in, in my story. And so, but it's really hard to, to resonate with, with kids, young age, that's why they can't, why we can't call it that, but this is what we always call it. So it's like a, it's like a hard dynamic of like trying to, cause I'm not punishing them for saying it, right. Cause it's not wrong. That's what we've always called it. That's, yeah. You know, but I'm just trying to, uh, drop a little, it's like, it's like hard to, to like make stuff that's like really it's like a really big topic, right? And for a 13 year old, it's, it's probably not something they've dealt with. But I think there's at least one person in the class that has felt that way at one point. And so I think it's important to try to eliminate some of those words that can alienate, alienate people. And it's just sprints, right? We're just doing sprints, right? There's no yeah. reason to call it, uh, call it that. But it's hard. I'm trying to drop little nuggets of wisdom on these 13 year old kids. No, I applaud you for that. Like, um, that's something I don't even think I even had to think of or like say out loud since I was in high school. Uh, But there's just things like that, that are just part of our vernacular that we don't even comprehend or think about, or really like let resonate in our brain and be like, what, like, why do we call this that? Like, and that's why like language has changed so much over years, but it doesn't happen until somebody stops to say like, hey, this is kind of weird that we do this, right? Like maybe we should stop. So definitely keep at it. Somebody's got to be like the first, you know, there's got to be a wave of people to kind of say, hey, nudge, nudge. This is no more of this, please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm trying to tell the other coaches at the facility to, to just not use that word. There's no reason for it. And uh, I think once that happens, it'll you know, I'm not going to be the one who changes the world, but I can be the one who starts to push the domino, right? And then it's kind of the effect going forward. Yeah. At least in my little small, very small circle of the whole entire universe. Um, but I think that's still important and it means something. Yeah, <clears throat> I definitely would agree. That's cool. But back on this tennis thing, though. So 
Listen, during quarantine, I got like this idea that I wanted to be a tennis player. Okay. 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 <laughs> I had, I'm I had, on board with you. Yeah. I had no one to play with. And so I just like went to the tennis court like a lot and would just hit the ball off the green. There's like a back wall, right? Where you can just kind of play by yourself. And I just did that for like a few hours, a bunch of times during quarantine. Uh, and I'm not going to be a tennis player because it's just probably not my thing. Uh, but I did have a lot of fun. I, I do really like it. So I think tennis is a really sweet sport, though. Yeah, I, I hope you can like eventually play with another human and like, you know, get a nice rally going. That's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> like in quarantine, I got super into tennis and beer pong, you know, and I, my beer pong skills, I've mastered those. I'm playing with my roommate. We got a table in our house. Like, we're just getting after it. So terrible at beer pong. <laughs> uh, I, I, like, I don't think I played for the first time until I was, like, 23. Um, which, like, you know, the legal drinking age is 21. So not that late, you know. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. To, yeah, but, um, it's, yeah, I'm not good at it. It's <laughs> not my game. <laughs> I I really want I had this idea of trying to get this like virtual indie wrestling beer pong tournament going. Hmm. And it was like a fan a fan would sponsor a team of wrestlers. Uh and they would play and we'd have like this whole bracket and then the winning team would get some would obviously get money because we were we didn't have any shows and there's no way to make money, but I never had the uh the effort to put it all together. So I didn't. It sounds like I will always sign up to play. Like if somebody asks me if it's happening, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Just I'm letting you know this is going to be an easy win for you. <laughs> it's still be fun. Yeah, you know Rex Lawless is my boyfriend. He's actually pretty good at it though. So I like I feel bad for him that he has to carry the team and like try and I, I make it hard. <laughs> I, I think he'll be all right. That's a, that's a big boy. He'll be yeah, just fine. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> Tell him I said hi. I like Rex. He's a good guy. I will. <clears throat> you guys live together? Yeah, he's like playing Madden in the other room right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How was uh did you guys live together during quarantine? Yeah. So or is, we, I guess where are you you're living in New York, Philly? We're, so we're originally from Long Island, both of us. Um, and we moved to Philly in October of 2019. So like we had like roughly like half a year of enjoying Philadelphia before like everything like shut down and we were locked inside. Um, so we haven't really been able to have that like Philly experience and kind of like yeah. enjoy things around here. Cause like it was winter when we first moved or it was moving into winter when we first moved. And then as spring kind of started to spring it, uh, we were just stuck inside so there's definitely a lot that I still like want to do and see like people ask me about the city I'm like yeah I don't really know <laughs> I order from like the same three restaurants around here like I have the one supermarket I go to like this is my gym and that's all I do so <laughs> are you is is uh is Philly mostly still shut down or what's happening there um so gyms are open again they had opened and shut down and reopened. Um, I think restaurants are at like, I got a, a like a, a notification on my citizen app that they're at like 50% capacity or something. Like we don't go to eat out anyway. 
Um, but it seems like we're kind of slowly getting back to being almost normal, like whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like our, our lives aren't changed too much by it. Like the tattoo shop that I work at is mostly running the same uh, because the nature of what we do is like, we already have to be super hygienic and clean and like sterile about everything. The only difference really is just, we have to wear masks all the time and everything's appointment only um, as opposed to having walk-ins, but uh, he works from home. So we don't it, like, it's, it's affected us because for so long, the tattoo shops were closed. Um, but like, we're, we're kind of homebodies anyway. <laughs> we're both like introverted. <laughs> how did it, um, I mean, how did it affect your, your actual relationship, like being together all the time? Um, I don't think it, like, I don't think it was good or bad. Um, I feel like we were still pretty new into moving in together anyway. So there was a lot about like each other that we were still finding out and like our habits and the way that we live. Um, so whether we had been like trapped indoors together or not, it would have, you know, all those things would have come to light anyway. Um, but we're still very in love and very happy. So I imagine that's a lot better than, than other people. <laughs> That's so lovely, though. I love yeah, to hear. That. That's I think so great. The like the the hardest part for me was honestly just not being able to go to New York and see my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. If I like, if I was feeling crummy about it, I'd like watch a movie that my mom liked or something, or just be like, "Rags, I feel terrible." <laughs> Have you uh, you've seen them recently though, or still no? Yeah, I've, I've been able to see them since, fortunately. Um, the last time I saw them, I, I went, like, right before my birthday. My birthday was January 25th. Yeah, happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Uh, again, another reason to celebrate. Um, but my mom, like, got a cake for me. And, like, my, my older sister has four sons. So, uh, like being an aunt is as close as like, I want to be to having kids right now. Um, but they're like, Oh my God, it's your birthday. You have to come home. Like, cause you know, they're kids. They're like, your birthday is like, you have to be around your family. So they were really happy to see me. But then once we cut the cake, she was like, Oh, take the cake home. It's for you and Rex. And I was like, this whole cake you want, I can't trust myself with this much cake. I was like, please, no, keep it. <laughs> what kind of cake was it? It was red velvet. Oh, no, that yeah, whole thing is good. gone. The whole thing is gone. Yeah, it was good. That sounds amazing. <clears throat> um, it was. Yeah, good. Um, let's, uh, let's dive deeper into a little bit about uh, wrestling a little bit. Sure, let's do it. Okay, so you talked, to, you talked a little bit about uh, body image, self-talk, um, a bit earlier about growing up. Um, what has wrestling done for that in a positive or negative light? So, um, I think like before I started wrestling, uh, I had a lot of kind of nerves surrounding that 
So before I even like signed up to train or anything, I was like, you know what? I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. I'm going to get in better shape. Cause I figured they would like drill us into the ground and like I'd vomit or whatever. Um, even, even though I had like experience, I was like athletic. Um, I still didn't feel like I looked like a wrestler or how a wrestler should look. Um, so I did like CrossFit for a bit. I lost a lot of weight and I was like, cool, I'm ready to sign up now. Signed up for wrestling school and I did, you know, I did well. I, you know, I'm here now. So I guess I did well when I signed up. Um, but just like throughout that, like I just gained weight back the stress of like, training now and then like switching jobs over and then while I was switching the job I was also kind of like paying my dues there and paying dues wrestling and it was just kind of like you know life happens you stressed out you put on weight and just like whatever I've always been a bigger person like it's not like it was a big shocker um but on the positive I feel like no one ever gave me, gave me any like trouble about it. Like, I feel like for the most part, I've been really fortunate because people have always looked towards like my work and my in-ring conditioning and like how I perform over like how I look. Um, I'd like to think I'm a, you know, an attractive woman. So, so at the end of the day, like if it's in a pretty, like you tie the, the package up with a nice pretty bow, you're putting nice gear on, like you look like a professional and you're able to back it up with your work. Um, really what's, what's the worst if someone on YouTube calls me fat, you know, like I have cried over comments like that before I have let it like sit in my head for a while and be like, man, this person's right. Um, but on the other hand, I've had fans reach out to me. Like I see myself in you and like, you give me confidence and you make me feel better and like more proud to have the body type that I do because naturally, like even, even right now I'm like going through, um, through a cutting phase. Like I'm trying to drop weight because I've just been locked down with my boyfriend for a year and all we've done is eat red velvet cake right so sounds like a fucking dream yeah but now I'm like doing the hard part where I'm like okay I have to up my cardio and like get it under control because it's too much like but that's that's from the standpoint of someone who's a wrestler and I'm starting to see how it's affecting my conditioning and like my athleticism so I'm trying to get that under control but like at the end of the day, I know I'm not going to be a twig. Like, that's just not how my body is shaped. That's not how I'm meant to be. Um, and in wrestling, I've found a lot of like emotional strength in being a powerful, like strong person. And that comes with size. So if I like being able to find a utility for how I'm naturally built has really helped give me a lot of like strength <laughs> again strength and uh like pride in my body you know and then there's that other layer of like I broke my neck almost two years ago like I could have been paralyzed but here I am today and I am moving I'm wrestling again like I have to honor my body and like the ability to move like you know that's 
super awesome. I think about that all the time. Like I could have not done this ever again. And uh, I honor my body. I honor my work all thinking about that. So, you know, on days where I'm like, you suck, your body sucks. It's like, yeah, okay. Maybe like someone on the internet thinks I'm fat, but like, think of all this other stuff. Like, that's cool. And uh, at the end of the day, it's all about like progress. So if I'm, if I'm not where I want to be right now, like just work on it. Like mm -hmm. if, if this is where I want to get and this is where I want to be, like it's not out of reach. Like it's attainable. Like just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Do you, do you think that it's, deters some women or ladies or young girls, however you want to put it, um, to join wrestling or to, to get involved in wrestling or want to be a part of wrestling because the way, because they didn't see themselves looking like the women that were portrayed on TV a long time ago? Yes and no. Like, from my own standpoint, like, when, before I started, there was a part of me that was like, okay, there is no room for someone who looks like I do. But I also looked up to people like Bull Nakano, um, Jessica Havoc. And I was like, okay, so obviously like these women are super badass, super cool. And they're bigger and they're still like kicking ass. Like there has to be like some kind of way that I can make this work. But there's also like the concern of like, it is a highly athletic, competitive, like physically demanding job. So like, can I keep up with that? But that's really like a question for anybody. Yes, absolutely. Because, like you, you look one way and not be able to like keep up. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think, I think uh, there were people luckily who I was able to look up to and um, to think that I might be that person for someone else is really cool. Sometimes like mind blowing, like, like super, super cool. Um, but I, I'd like to think that um, women like myself are making it more possible for people to feel comfortable entering this space. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you see that as uh, like a responsibility you have or a role that you play, or is just that this is part of your being and that you're, you're naturally like inspiring other people to, to chase a dream like you did that may look, feel, act, talk like you. Yeah. I don't think it was like something I ever set out to do. Um, it, it just kind of is something I naturally fell into like the first time I really even took notice of that was something says like my hair, um, like this mom of this like mixed child, like racially mixed is what I mean. Uh, like she had straight hair, but her mom came up to me like during intermission and was like, your curly hair, like my daughter loved it and it inspired her to start wearing her hair curly, like naturally instead of having to straighten it. And I was like, that's cool. Cause I can hundred percent relate to that. Like 
that's not even anything that I like crosses my mind anymore but like growing up I hated having curly hair because no one else had curly hair and I just looked out of place like I didn't fit in with everyone else so I straightened my hair and uh I guess around like college-ish I started embracing it and um I made an impact on that kid so that's you know awesome that's like that's a part of my heritage and like my family and like my ancestors and it's just on my head it's just like grows out of me I don't even think about it and uh made someone else proud of like their lineage so that's awesome yeah that's so cool it's like the stuff that when we're younger that we potentially get made fun of or makes us feel different or out of place um when we get older it makes us it, it was, it already made us special, but we feel like when we get older that we do know how unique and special that thing that people made fun of us about or made us different earlier in our life now is. Jackson, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Like yeah. That is so much of like becoming a wrestler, like just like for me personally, like encompass. It's like everything that I felt weird about or like I hated about myself growing up. I just like was like, here, I'm going to blurt it all out for everyone. And people are like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, really? You think all this weird stuff about me is cool? I'm going to cry. Like, but that's my life every day. And it's so cool. Like, it's literally like life changing. Um, and like, that is one of the things that I give wrestling a lot of credit for like changing my life in that way and I hope other people do too and like are able to find strength and like all their like weakness. um yeah like that's the stuff you got it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because I mean when you, yeah yeah it's like <laughs> I don't know I'm thinking about a lot of stuff you know it's like because wrestling can be a very difficult it is very difficult right I um I run a few support groups um, via my my mental health nonprofit for for specifically for pro wrestlers, and um, it's all it's all about the same kinds of stuff, right? It's about you know um, you know feeling overlooked and what if my body is not the way it's supposed to be, you know, and all these different things, and especially now uh, with the pandemic happening, like. Um, like my identity is wrapped up in being a pro wrestler. Um, who am I outside of it? Right. But then, you know, what you say, it's like all these things can be special about being a pro wrestler too. And I think we have to navigate both of those ends of the spectrum, but really look at, you know, how cool it is uh, and how grateful we are just to wrestle one match ever. Right. And uh, that's a dream come true in itself, I think. Yeah, uh, th- like what you said right there at the end, like being able to wrestle one match, like that's the dream. I remember I did a show once and there were like 12 people in the crowd. Um, and, you know, you get light turnouts and you're like, well, this was a bummer, but I guess I'm going to wrestle anyway. Yeah. And uh, obviously this is like before the pandemic because like, now I would be like, okay, there are people. Woo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two people show up, you're fired up. Exactly, right? <laughs> but um, like somebody had said, like, 
think like you're thinking about like your your heights in wrestling like okay maybe you've wrestled for this many people so 12 people is whatever but like if you think of yourself as a kid and yourself like dreaming like I'm gonna be a wrestler one day like anybody paying and watching you wrestle like that is the dream like that's awesome those 12 people are sitting there and they're watching you wrestle that's your dream realized um to a degree right so like we have to be grateful for even that I don't know it just it really like changed my perspective on like fan interaction um because like without with like as cheesy as it is without that without fans like what we do is like okay like I just did this thing but no, nobody cares so thank you for receiving it fans <laughs> yeah they're uh, the most important part of what we do right and uh yeah it's the same reason why we were fans when we were younger. We got inspired by something, something that seemed like a dream, unattainable, like these people were larger than life. And now we're those people, right? At least to have one, at least one person, we're that person. And that and in itself is the coolest fucking thing in the whole world. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but I think it's hard also is that we do. I mean, I think all athletes, all performers, all entertainers have this, right? We get our identity is wrapped up in what we do instead of who we are, right? We're all, we're like a culture about more into doing than we are about just being. Um, and I think that's a, that's a hard distinction for people to make, but we were forced to make it when we couldn't wrestle any shows. And so I think there's, there's a lot of wrestlers right now who are, who are actively thinking about who they are and, and what they can be outside of wrestling. Because in my opinion, if you have like a broad spectrum of interests, and ideas i think it makes you a more well-rounded entertainer because more people can connect with you on those things that you enjoy um that's just a personal opinion um but i don't know what are your thoughts yeah i um like the first time i even really experienced like what you're explaining is like my first injury mm. so i had surgery probably like two years in and even at that time, like I'm, I've been wrestling for two years. It's, it's not like I had spent like my whole life wrestling and I had invested all this time into it or whatever. Like, it's just a thing I was doing for two years and just having it taken away for those couple months where I had to recover. I was like, man, like I'm not wrestling. Like what, what, what do I do? What do I do with my life? Like, what do I do with my time? you froze and can you hear me still <laughs> i can hear you we're good okay cool i was like oh, i hope everything's cool it'll um, be fine yeah oh you're back yeah. you're moving now but your audio is still good um yeah so like e even just those months of being home and recovering like wrestling was always on my mind because so i was like well obviously i'm gonna recover so that i can get back to wrestling but I did have this like huge identity crisis where it's like, I don't know who I am if I'm, I'm not a pro wrestler, which kind of like brought me to a pretty dark place. Um, which like, I don't, I don't even remember how I dealt with that or how I got through it, but like through my neck injury and through the pandemic, I was, I was definitely able to cope with it a lot better. Um, I think the constant like reminder from other people like wrestling's not going anywhere uh like you know sometimes you got to hear it a few things for it to like stick in your brain um so it definitely 
stuck with me this time. And uh, again, just like the fact that I've been able to do whatever shows throughout the pandemic, um, I've just been really grounded in gratitude, like being thankful for that. Like, okay, cool. Like everyone who is a wrestler right now wants to be wrestling and not everyone can, and I get to. And that is a huge privilege. So I will not squander it. I will go out there and give my all and uh, hope for the best. Um, But yeah, I definitely think searching for identity outside of just being a professional wrestler has also been a a great help with that. Um, Again, staying in gratitude. Like I'm super grateful. Like I have a pretty healthy relationship. Um, So I, I like, I don't know if this is necessarily healthy or not, but I always think to myself, like, I mean, if like wrestling ended right now, like my life would be pretty good. Like maybe my ultimate dreams within wrestling haven't been realized yet, but like, I'm in a super loving relationship. I've got a roof over my head. I've got a car that can take me wherever I need to go. Like I have a close, like a a family who supports me. Like those are things that like, that alone people strive for. Like, I'm super grateful to have that. So wrestling, cool. I see you, wait for me, wait for everyone else who doesn't get to do that. But like, I have a very fulfilling, like full life to be grateful for aside from just that. Um, so I guess that, that helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that you, I love that you, you mentioned or you said gratitude a lot. Um, yeah, that's like a newer thing for me is like trying to practice that. I was going to ask you that because um, <clears throat> a lot of people think that like confidence and optimism and gratitude are just like things that you're naturally born with. And to one extent, like you can be have a predisposition to being a bit more confident, a bit more optimistic and a bit more grateful than some other people. Right. But those three things are like trained, learnable skills, just like reading, writing, walking, running. They're all the same thing, except one's a physical skill that you can see and the other invisible skills that you have to train in your mind. And so you you obviously uh, are trying to cultivate and practice gratitude, um, which is amazing. Um, How did that start? Like something tell you that was cool or did it happen after your neck injury? Um, Like where was that beginning for you? So at the start of the pandemic, uh, I was like folding laundry one day and I was watching the news and they were saying something about how like meditation is highly recommended to people, especially at this time, because everyone is stressed out. Um, so I was like, man, I should, I should try meditation. Um, so I throw it out on Twitter. Everybody gives me all this advice. Like try this app, try this YouTube video. And like, I do it once, it doesn't stick. Um, months go by and my little sister is always talking about like, manifest this, manifest that, manifest this, make this happen. And I'm like, like life isn't magic. I can't just be like, I want this and it happens. But, you know, whatever your beliefs on manifestation are or aren't, like I do think that there's like ways that you can make things happen for you um but like the the biggest thing that I took away from that is like meditation is a very powerful and important tool um just for like your mind and like getting like your brain clear at the start of the day uh I don't get to do it every day 
I want to, that's like my goal. But again, it's all about progress getting there. Um, so with, with that, with meditating and clearing my mind and focusing on my breathing, um, I like to think about the things that I already have. Like, yeah, I want whatever. I want A, B, C, whatever. But like, I already have this and this is really cool. And this is serving me right now. And, you know, it's good to take stock of what's around you. Um, and just be like, cool. Like if this is, if this is what life is, this is cool. Um, and I consider myself like super, super privileged. You know, there are things that obviously like I'm, you know, this guy or that guy's more privileged than me, but like, I, I, like I said, I have, I have a roof over my head. I have like food that I can eat whenever I want. Like I have love in my life. Like those are things that people like search their whole lives for. And it's right in front of me. Like, that's so awesome. That's so cool. Um, so kind of once I like flip the switch to like realize that I already have all those awesome things, it's kind of hard to not be grateful for it all the time. And how, um, because some people don't want to do that, do that kind of uh, mindfulness practice because they can't see the tangible, like things they can touch and feel in their life. Um, but if you're really aware of it, you can see how much better your life gets when you become grateful uh, of the things that you already have. Have you seen that in your life? Yeah, I've definitely just been a lot happier, <laughs> which like, it, it's, it seems wacky to be like, yeah, just like already be happy with what you have. And then you'll, you'll be happy. Like, it's just too simple. Like that's too easy. Um, but the trick is that it's actually not easy. Like you, you have to practice it and you have to think about it and put the work into like reminding your brain all of it is just like being like, Hey brain, we have to do this again. Do, wait, no, don't do the bad thing. Don't do the thing where you're mean and negative. Like just, yep. There you go. You know, yeah. it's practice. It is practice. Um, and I, I want to make a quick note that there's a difference between, um, complacency and, and gratitude as well. Right. Um, you can still want more and, and aim to achieve more and be a person who's progressing to, to get more, but you're still in a state of gratitude with what's currently in your environment. I'd, I'd like to make that clear. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's an important thing to, uh, to note. I def like, I'm still, I, I feel like in a way, like my goals feel even more achievable. Mm. Which is like, I, I don't know if that's because of like my mindset or whatever, or if it's just like, that's how my life has progressed. And that's where I, where I am right now, but I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to be grateful and, uh, keep, keep rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, cause our, our brains are wired to look for the negatives, right? Um, mm -hmm. because our brains are ancient, right? So in old times, we had to uh, make sure we were safe from like animals attacking us before we could get our food and we were in tribes. And so that same kind of wiring is with us nowadays. Um, so that's why, you know, and it's important to have those thoughts. Like they're not negative or positive, right? One thoughts are, you have, I'm trying to keep you safe right here. There's danger in front of you. 
Um, and that's important, especially when something bad happens to you, your brain remembers that and you don't want to re-experience that. <clears throat> that's why it's super important that you have to actively like seek out something that's positive, right? You have to be a seeker of the, of the good to uh, rewire your brain to, to feel those things and to be grateful for what you have. And it's real hard work. Like it doesn't just happen, you know, overnight. You can't just one day wake up in the morning and be like, you know, whatever. It just, it's like constant, constant work. And obviously there's bad days where you fall into a pit a bit and there's some negative self-talk and there's a little self-pity and all these things that can happen when a normal, a normal life of a human. Um, <clears throat> but there's also in your experience, right? Some really good shit that comes from it, right? Being a feeling yeah. more fulfilled and happy and grateful and feeling like that our dreams that seem so impossible are like in our grasp, which is like fucking incredible. Yeah. Well, kind of going off of what you said even more, like I definitely want to stress, like if, if you can't get what it is you're trying to do, like if you can't accomplish whatever your goal is immediately, it doesn't mean that it can't happen. Like even from like the very beginning of what I was saying about like, Oh, I want to try meditating. Like it was a year before I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to actually do this and it'll stick. Like I'd say maybe once a month, I'd be like, all right, let me sit down and try this. And it's just like, I couldn't do it. And um, I think, I know I have this problem. I don't know if other people do, where sometimes I feel like if I don't reach things like a hundred percent of the way, like I won't do it at all. So it's either like, all or nothing where I'm like, all right, I picked up this new habit. I have to do it perfectly. Oh, I messed up once I'm off track. Um, so I've been like trying to like not do that or like not put that pressure on myself. Um, because again, no one's perfect. Like if I'm going to try something new, there's no way that I'm going to get it hundred percent right. Perfect. The first time I try it, or even the fifth, sixth, seventh time I try it. So I think definitely kind of approaching things with more of like a 70% mindset of like, well, at least even if I did 10%, that's better than yesterday when I did zero. So uh, just like your best, just try your best. And if you mess up, just keep going. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a meditator. I'm big into meditation. <clears throat> um but it's taken me a while to, to get kind of to the spot where I'm at. Um, but I want to ask you about kind of your first few times trying it. Um, was there, was there some fear involved with you before trying it? Were you afraid of what your mind would think or what kind of thoughts would come up if you sat with yourself? Um, what was that kind of process like for you? Uh, so like the first, first, first time I meditated, it was in like one of my college courses. I, I don't even remember like why we were doing this um, or how it, it was like a part of the curriculum somehow, but like, it was, like some sort of like gender study, like feminist class, whatever. We're sitting in class and like our professor is doing a guided meditation. And I just remember being like, this is weird. There's like all these other people here and we're just like being silent and pretending we're all not here. So that like felt a lot more like that was for me as awkward as it could be like because the next time I tried meditation years later it's like cool I'm in the comfort of my own home like you know I don't have to worry about somebody sneezing and ruining my zen or whatever um and I, I don't think I was afraid of like being alone with my thoughts 
Um, I, I like to think I'm a pretty self-aware person and I kind of already do let my thoughts go. I, I don't really like distract myself too much like when those things come up. Uh, so I, I wasn't afraid of anything like that. My concern more so was that I would just do it wrong Mm. Um, because like, okay, I'm meditating. I'm supposed to like clear my thoughts of it. Like I'm not supposed to think of anything or like, I'm supposed to focus on what this person is telling me. Cause I personally do guided meditation because I'm, my brain is too loud to just sit and be like, all right, think of nothing. Um, and like, I'll, I still notice like from time to time, I'll be like, all right, I'm breathing. I'm focusing on my breathing. And then I'll be like, did I remember to take the trash out? Like, what's my cat doing? The AC is running or whatever. And then I'll be like, hey, hey, cut it out. Get back to it. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's definitely still like a journey where I'm like, okay, quiet your mind. Um, but I, I, I like, it felt really cool the first time I did it. Like I was like, oh yeah, this, this is nice. I should keep doing this. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, still on my journey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. How did you, how did you move past the idea of doing it wrong when like just random thoughts would come into your head? Cause that's part of the process, right? It's okay. Right. The idea is that you're just like letting things flow and, and moving through it. Right. There's no wrong way to do it. How did you, how did you move past that idea? I think uh, it kind of falls back to my like, maybe I can't do something 100% of the way, but if I could at least do it like 70% of the way, then that's better than yesterday. Mm. So if like, I'm trying to focus on whatever and like, I call the mean voice in my head, Megan. If like Megan starts chatting up or something, like I'll just be like, all right, Megan, like you've had enough time, like please leave. And I'll just try to like sh shut it down and get back on track. Cause like, like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not doing a hundred percent like the right way yet. So uh, it's about the journey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you are doing it a hundred percent, right? That's the thing. Like, oh, cause you're, cool. <laughs> because you're doing it right. You're doing, yeah. you're doing it. So it is a hundred percent, right. Just because, you're not a, a monk who can sit in silence for an hour and not think about anything. That shit's not applicable to a human being with everyday life, right? We're just trying to get some clarity, get some focus, you know, calm ourselves down for 10, 15 minutes, right? And things are going to pop into our head because we have a lot going on, right? We have boyfriends, girlfriends, jobs, wives, family, money, you know, all these things that we could think about. And to only think about them like a little bit in a 20 minute period and to be able to like regulate our breath, that's doing it a hundred percent right. So you're, you're crushing it. Thank you. You're welcome. That's like a little <laughs> pat on the back I needed. <clears throat> Let's celebrate. I'm, I'm all into celebrating. <clears throat> um, um, but back to wrestling a bit. Um, what, um, What's your, I mean, it's a big question. Um, so there might be a big answer. It might be a small answer, um, but take it as you, as you want. What's your, your current thoughts on the current state of, of independent professional wrestling with everything that happened last year, the pandemic, things moving forward. Um, just give me some thoughts. 
some general thoughts or specific thoughts either way <laughs> that is a big question um so I, I touched a little bit before on like how privileged I am in the fact that I even get to wrestle because there are so few places that are running and there's so few spots and like the fact that I'm considered at all ever is awesome like that's super awesome for me but on the other hand like I have to think about like the degree of selfishness that's with that right so even if we're we're following all our protocol and get tested the week of and I get tested after um like there's still everyone at that show like could be doing it a hundred percent right and there's room for error and then how exactly does this pandemic even work? Oh, well, you can track it from person to person and you don't even know. So I could leave the venue and like stop to use the bathroom and, you know, I could have picked it up and not even know. And then the gas attendant or whatever, like, you know, those, those things kind of weigh heavy on me. And like I said, I really do try to just stay home. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, it's, it's, it's the thing that makes my heart sing. So to not do it is like, it's there. It's there. Why can't I just do it? Um, but like, sometimes, sometimes it creeps up on me. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you shouldn't do it. Um, but whenever I do, I'd like, follow all the guidelines to a T. I even try to take like a rapid test like the day before so I can get it as soon as possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that just falls back into me being lucky. I've been super lucky to be able to do it. And I've also been super lucky to not get sick. So I also have to be like, well, I guess that means something, something's going right if I haven't gotten sick yet. Um, wearing masks and getting tests works <laughs> I don't know yeah it's, it's a lot I also like feel like I like so much of me like I was just thinking this earlier today wishes that it was just back to normal because that fan interaction again speaking of fans like it's really like unmatched like that that is the stuff of magic I think it'll be really sweet for everyone whenever that can happen to have like a hundred percent capacity like full audience situation um I think like I think about how much I miss friends who just live all over the world because in wrestling that happens to you have friends all over the country you have friends all over the world and like there's no way to see them right now um yeah I don't know it's it's ah, it's sad but good <laughs> yeah what um <clears throat> where do you where do you think we go from here as a you know as a whole indie business with with what happened in summer last year with speaking out with um with the pandemic with you know, social injustice, racial equality, all of these things matter in, in our business. Um, where do you, where would you like to see it go? Um, 
so I, I'm happy to see it kind of moving in a direction of being like, all right, we need to not just let like sly shady people do whatever kind of under wraps. Like, <clears throat> I definitely think there needs to be transparency. Um, I think people need to have a way to communicate better without fear of like someone usurping power over them. Um, the, the only thing now is like, how? I don't have the answer to that. It's like, okay, we've all, not all, but a lot of people have said their piece during speaking out and they were heard then. And uh, a bunch of ideas were thrown around and like, well, here's how we make this space more inclusive or safer. Um, but I wanna see it happen. And I feel like we won't really know until wrestling is kind of back in full speed. Like, how do we do that? Uh, I mean, it was, it was really heart-wrenching in so many ways in like, I had friends who I was like finding things out about that like they've been through trauma that I never knew about or like I could have been there for them and I wasn't. And there was a lot of heartbreak in that. And then there were friends who like I found out like maybe we're going through a really tough time because all this stuff's coming about them on the other end of the spectrum right and then like what do I do as a friend to them then do I turn my back on them and abandon them do I get them the help that they need do like and then I have to have that conversation and like it's gone different ways for different people um which is you know sad but maybe not I don't know there's still a lot about that that I'm figuring out like you know I don't I don't want to say I want to go back to how it was before that right um because in order to heal you kind of need to rip the scab off I mean maybe you don't need to rip the scab off but you need to, <laughs> you need to let it heal uh, you know, the healing process isn't always pretty. I'll put it that way. Um, but, it, you know, it, it was necessary to a degree to, like, kind of have a mirror in front of yourself and be like, this is what's, like, our culture actually looks like. What do we do about this? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Extremely... Um extremely heavy situation and still is that way, right? We, in, yeah. in, in our heads, I think we feel like it was so long ago, but really it wasn't, right? Like it was only summer of last year, which is only like eight months ago. And, and to one, have to relive your trauma on a public space, eight months is really not that long, right? Yeah. To get called out for your uh, terrible behavior and then try to heal from that um, is also not a long time. And then to make adequate, sustainable, real, long-term change, eight months isn't also that long either to like integrate and actually weave in some like real things that can be applicable and applied to wrestling shows, wrestling promoters, and have everyone be on board of that. Because the problem with social media is that 
we can say a bunch of words and we can tweet a bunch of stuff in solidarity with something that we might not actually believe in and then not have the actions to stand behind it, right? And so the actions have to be there. And I think that'll come full swing when, when all of the shows start running and we're at the shows, we're with the people, we're, you know, having these hard conversations and doing the uncomfortable actions that need to be made to, <clears throat> to have a safe environment um, for people, for fans, right? If I have a daughter, yeah. daughter come to a show, I want my seven-year-old daughter to be like, I feel good about her interacting with wrestlers because I know the environment is what it's supposed to be, right? That's, that's, my, that's my thought process. Yeah, I mean, I, I like these problems exist across the board, like in all aspects of life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, <clears throat> I guess being being face to face with it in our own culture and in our immediate circle, it's like okay, like huh, I guess I guess it's time to do something. Like it should have been time to do something, but you can't change the past and progress is extremely slow. Like you're saying eight months is nothing in the grand scheme of everything. Um, but yeah, progress is very, very slow, which is why a lot of like the same problems society has been fighting for like hundreds of years. Um, you know, so I don't know. I feel like I will say this. Um, and I have said it before, like on Twitter, which is like, if you're going through anything and you feel like, I don't know who to talk to, like, I don't have anyone there for me. Like if you just like feel alone and backed into a corner, um, I don't know if I'll have the right thing to say, but I'll listen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know even that is a lot more than like what might be offered to you. Um, But I, I like, if you're going through some whatever, I'll listen to you. Um, I don't know. That's, and like, that's sometimes I feel like is as much as I can do. I try to do more. My mom raised me to be like, do what you can, when you can, for as long as you can. And I know that like, at the end of the day, even like on my worst day where like, I don't want to talk to anyone, I can extend that much. That's beautiful. And it's needed, right? Like, Sometimes all we need is just like to someone say that I'm there. Like, I don't need you to do anything else except just like be here with me and just to sit in the dark with me for a little bit until the light comes back on, you know? Um, And that's some really powerful shit. Um, And, uh, you know, more people can do that because we all have the capability of doing that, right? We don't have to be an expert. We don't have to have a PhD or a doctorate or a mental health you know, degree away. We just have to be a human being who, who cares because we've all felt that way, whether or not we can admit it or not. We've all felt like shit and had a bad day and felt sad or rejected or depressed uh, or like a failure, you know, and, and we can be there for people who might be feeling that same way when we're not feeling that way. Um, And I think that's important. Yeah. Again, I don't like, I just, I know that's like what I want from people when I'm going through a hard time, like, or from one person. So uh, I'd like to make myself available in that sense, at least. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this kind of, this kind of work is now basically encompasses my whole life. So I, I get it. I've heard, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, 
it's been pretty um i mean i didn't expect it to be here but i'm really like uh i don't know if i want to say glad but i i feel more like uh purposeful than i feel like i've ever felt before um like fulfilled yeah definitely fulfilled definitely feel like i have a, a meaning a purpose like um uh yeah so it's really cool and uh you know, this podcast is, is definitely turned into just having even more of those kinds of conversations, which is really cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rewarding aspect of life. It is. Um, but uh, I don't know if I have any more questions, um, but uh, this was a great episode. We talked for like an hour and a half. Look at us. Which is awesome. I appreciate you <laughs> appreciate you coming on and talking to me for real, though. Oh, you're welcome. I I'm no good at small talk, um, but like when you want to talk about like real stuff, I have a lot to say. Maybe. <laughs> I lost you on audio. I don't know what you just said. See you. Can't hear you. Oh, I just got you. Cool. I was like, Oh, oh. you're back. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear my compliment? That was that was the I, last thing I. You, I didn't. I was like, Oh no! I everything is ruined. I can't hear. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Well, I think you. The last thing I heard you say was that you're not very good at small talk. But if you want to get the big stuff in or talk deep, that's you're good for that. Yeah. Usually. And then I said, and then I said, well, you're really insightful and wise. And I thank you for sharing all that you did. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to leave the people with? Um, maybe something that uh, you would tell your younger self that someone might need to hear right now? Um, super cliche, um, but this too shall pass. Mm. Uh, which has like gotten me through so much because like you usually hear it when you're at your lows, which is like, man, I'm going through a tough time, but like eventually I'll get over to the other side. But like, it's also really good to remember when you're in the good moments um, because sometimes that feels like it lasts forever too, but like you need to appreciate it when it's there, you know? And that's just some, another one of those things that my mom would always tell me growing up, like this too shall pass. Um, and remember it in all aspects because it's all about the journey, which is like, again, super cliche, but like, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it is. It, it holds to be very true in, in everything that I've encountered, right? It's about the process. Uh, you know, it's about every day, you know, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, it really is like, no matter cliche or not, it's, it works. Um, it becomes can, a cliche uh, for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I think cheesier the better. I'm all about it. <laughs> um, where, can, uh, where can people find you on social media if they want to go follow you and look you up? Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at W underscore Nightingale underscore. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Willow Nightingale, but I really don't use it very much. Um, follow me if you'd like. Uh, tweet, I like sunflowers if you listen to this. 
<laughs> tag me in it and maybe i'll like tweet you a hard eyes emoji or something i don't know <laughs> sweet uh yeah i think that that would be awesome if that happened i would love that this episode will probably come out in four weeks i usually film like four weeks in advance okay um, cool just to try to have some it's 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 pretty challenging to post a podcast episode every week but i'm doing pretty good oh i could imagine yeah, it's it's like it's like very nice that I have a lot of people like that I can just DM and be like, please be on my podcast, please. <laughs> you know, uh, I beg you. Um, but it, yeah, but I appreciate you doing this again. Um, go watch Willow's matches on IWTV; they're fucking sweet. Uh, she'll gut wrench power bomb you if you don't watch them, uh, or maybe she won't. You know, either way, if that's a, if that's your flavor. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you everyone for watching. Um, I appreciate you as always. Um, subscribe. If you like this episode, like tell your neighbor, tell your friend, tell your peer, tell a colleague. Um, and then, you know, go out and just have the best fucking day ever. Um, all right. Cheers. Bye, people.